Good morning. Will you please turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 has a number of nicknames. It's sometimes called the Hall of Faith. Uh, But you could also summarize it with one of those lines we sang. Uh, Hebrews 11 is the story of all these saints from the Old Testament who just by faith in God saw God do amazing things. And so Hebrews 11 is the Hall of Faith, but it's also what God is famous for. God is famous for doing things much bigger and greater and more amazing and more gracious and more merciful than we could ever even ask or imagine. And so we're making our way through Hebrews 11 in our sermon series, and we're calling it a great cloud of witnesses. The conclusion to Hebrews 11 is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, where the author tells us, now that we've looked at each of these saints, fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. So today we're going to see the faith of Noah, the faith of Noah. And as we prepare our hearts for this, I'm going to pray in a moment, but let me start with a question. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're saved. You will be with the Lord forever, immediately upon your death, and then in the new heavens and the new earth forever forward, you will have a chance to talk to Noah. And if you go up to Noah and ask him, hey, Noah, tell me about that ark. What was it like building that ark? After that conversation, what if Noah said, well, by faith, what did you build? It'll be a great question for us to think about as we look at God's Word today. Let me pray first, and then we'll read from God's Word. Lord, thank you so much for your Word. Thank you that all morning we could speak and share and talk and sing of your promises. You make promises and you keep them. You say things and your Word is truth. And you say, Lord, that when your word is declared, it does not return void. When your word is read and preached and proclaimed and loved, you nourish your people and you bring glory to your name. And so now as we read from your word and hear from you, help us see your glory. Help us hear from you and help us grow in our faith. Or for some today, maybe for the first time, open hearts that men and women would put their trust in you and receive the gift of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus. We know you're going to do mighty things in our midst now. You have, you will, and you will the rest of today and forever forwards. Thank you for nourishing us by your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, Hebrews chapter 11, today we'll be looking at Noah, and it's just verse 7. If you don't have access to a Bible, we have giveaway Bibles in the foyer, and it's also reprinted on the back of your bulletin. Let's hear the word of our Lord. Hebrews 11 and verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Noah is one of the most famous people in the Bible. It does one of the most amazing things any human ever did. And when the author of Hebrews tells the story of Noah, 
wanting us to be inspired by his faith and then to look at Jesus, we see that Noah's faith has three elements. Noah's faith has three elements in verse 7. First, faith listens to warnings. Faith listens to warnings. Our second point will be faith builds on promises. Faith builds on promises. And third, faith saves. Faith saves. The faith of Noah points out these three things. Faith listens to warnings, builds on promises, and saves. First, faith listens to warnings. Look again at verse 7, at least the beginning of it. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen. So when Noah's faith is being talked about, the first thing that's mentioned is that God warned and Noah listened. The first thing that's remembered about Noah's faith is that he had faith in God and because he had faith in God, he heard and listened to and set his life in order in response to God's warnings. So faith listens to warnings. And it's wise to listen to warnings. If you don't know the story of Noah, it's found in Genesis 6 and 7 and 8 and 9. Uh, Let me read just a few verses from Genesis 6. God gives multiple warnings, first to the world and then to Noah. But let me read how it starts. Genesis 6 verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Uh, Growing up, I read the New International Version, and in the New International Version, it says it even more crisply. It says that every thought of, of humans, mind, and everything was, here's the line, only evil all the time. So God had made a beautiful world, filled it with his people whom he loved, and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth with people. Fill the earth with my love. Fill the earth with grace and mercy and hope and holiness and righteousness and joy and fruitfulness. And we filled it with sin. We filled it with hate. The first son murders his first younger brother. It's ugly. It's only evil all the time. God built a museum and we ruined it all. And so God sees that and he gives this warning in the face of that. It's only evil all the time. Verse 6 now in Genesis 6, it says, And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. Verse 8, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So for some reason, Noah's faith stands out. Noah's family's faith stands out. And Noah is credited as someone who trusted God. And he's going to go ahead and listen to this warning. But the rest of the world, if you think it's bad today, (laughs) imagine if God said, really on the whole planet, there's only one person who even cares. Everybody else is only evil all the time. There's never been a time since then where the whole world has been like this. And so God speaks. He says, I'm going to stop the wickedness from spreading. The evil is being fruitful and multiplying. I am going to end that. And I'm going to do it with a flood. And I'm going to end all life on land. Except for Noah and his family. 
Faith listens to warnings. Here we see in a terrifying way that when God speaks, it happens. This is a truism about God. When God speaks, it happens. That's God and his word. In the beginning, there was nothing other than God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit in loving and perfect community. Well, then God speaks and then there was something. God says in Genesis 1, let there be light. And when he speaks, it happens and then there's light. And then there's sky and plants and trees and sun and moon and sea creatures and then humans. Over and over, when God speaks, it happens. And this is reality. When God speaks, it happens. That's actually really good news if what God is saying is going to be a blessing. But when it's a warning, we need to pay attention to that. Because when God speaks a warning, it will come true. God spoke the cosmos into being. We sinned and ruined it all. So God speaks again with his first warnings and judgments. To the serpent who deceived Eve, our first mother, the serpent says or hears from God that his offspring is going to be defeated by the offspring of the woman. So to the serpent, your offspring will be defeated by the offspring of the woman. That happened in the person of Jesus Christ, defeating Satan by way of the cross on Good Friday and the resurrection on Easter. And then God speaks a judgment to the woman. I'm going to multiply your pain in childbearing. And God speaks and it happens. I have four children. I've seen four births. Multiplied pain is an accurate term. God spoke a judgment and now births happen with multiplied pain. To the man, God says that all of your toil is going to be full of frustration now. Thorns, sweat, slow internet, and copiers that don't work. Okay, two of those were from Genesis and two of those were from this past week. But now all work is toilsome. God spoke and it happened. God speaks blessing and it happens. God speaks warning and we better pay attention because it happens. But it's also very good news because God can be trusted. And Noah listened to God's warning and then built something based on God's promises, which are the two points of our message this morning. Two of the three. Faith listens to warnings and builds on promises. So first we need to talk about these warnings. That's what faith does. Faith listens to warnings. God said, I'm going to judge. There's going to be a flood. Noah, build an ark. Noah listened to the warning and then he built his life on that. There are a lot of warnings in God's word. And let's be honest, humans have a compromised and complicated relationship with warnings. Raise your hand if you love warnings. You're on a tour and the tour guide gives a warning. Or you're at work and the boss gives a warning. Or you're somewhere at school and the principal gives a warning. You, how many? I didn't see a single hand. We don't like warnings. We have a complicated relationship with them. But Noah's faith is going to inspire us to listen well to God's warnings. But sometimes we laugh at warnings and we take them lightly. If you've ever read Mark Twain's Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, on page one before the novel starts, it says this, persons attempting to find a motive in this narrative will be prosecuted. Persons attempting to find a moral in it will be banished. Persons attempting to find a plot in it will be shot by order of the author per GG Chief of Ordnance. So there's this funny warning, but it actually sets up the theme of the balance of seriousness and humor in the book. But it's there as a warning and it's almost like, okay, it's a joke. We get it. Ha ha. I saw a warning label this week on a chainsaw. It says, danger, do not hold, 
the wrong end of the chainsaw. And I found one that was even funnier. Uh, On the Staples brand letter openers, okay, you're opening envelopes. Staples brand, this is a real thing. I have proof in my office if you need it. You can't make this up. Blades are extremely sharp. Safety goggles recommended. (laughs) We're so used to goofy or funny warnings. I heard on one of the iPod shuffles long ago, it said, do not eat the iPod shuffle. I think that's a real thing, but I don't own one, so I don't know. You see, uh, we have a complicated relationship with warnings. And then you open your Bible and you hear that there's judgment on sin. And we're like, oh yeah, sure, I haven't really seen it. Or I don't really know. I mean, is he really going to throw lightning down? We sort of have this humorous reaction when we hear warnings. Or... Or we hear warnings, particularly in politics, and we know they're either lies or attempts to control. So you'll hear over the years and over my lifetime of four decades, and then some of you longer than that, save the country, save the planet, save democracy, save the polar bears. And yet it's 2023 and we still have a country, we still have a planet, we still have democracy, and we still have polar bears. And so When people give out warnings, we're jaded about warnings, aren't we? We either laugh at them or we ignore them or we don't trust the person giving out the warnings. And yet Noah's faith inspires us to take all of God's warnings seriously. By faith, he listened to God's warning and adjusted his entire future life based off of the warnings of God. And his faith is commendable for it. And so up here from the pulpit, I need to be real careful when I give out warnings. So let me, inspired by Noah listening to warnings, just put a few warnings in front of you today. Warning number one from Scripture, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It's your first warning. Do not be afraid. Uh, When you read the news, when you see what's going on around you, do not be afraid. Jesus says in Matthew 24, You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened. For those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. Isn't it interesting? The warning from Jesus is not there's going to be war. There's going to be nation rising against nation. There's going to be famines and earthquakes and all these things. That's not the warning. The warning is when they come, don't be afraid. That's the warning. That's a scary list, but the warning from Jesus, the strong warning in Scripture, is from the Lord no matter what happens. Don't be afraid because God's in control and he loves you. The Bible warns us more about being afraid of things like that than it warns us of things like that. So warning one, don't be afraid because fear will distract and harm you. Noah heard that a global flood was coming to destroy all life on land, and he wasn't afraid. He got to building on God's promises. Second warning from me to you today, do not worship other gods. Do not worship other gods. This is all over the Bible, and Noah had to trust God and his word and not the gods of the peoples around him. Deuteronomy 6 says, you shall not follow other gods. Any of the gods of the peoples who surround you, for the Lord your God in the midst of you is a jealous God. So we get this warning all the time. Don't worship other gods, especially the gods of the peoples around us. Well, who are the gods of the people around us? Today, 
It's you. You are the God of the people around us. You being your own God. So friends, warning, do not worship yourself. Look in your Bible more than your mirror. One more strong warning because Noah, if we're going to if we're going to heed God's warnings this week, we need to know what the strong ones are. The third warning I have for you this morning is to run from sin. Run from sin. Now, Noah wasn't running from sin. He was doing something in light of the fact that no one else in the world was running from sin. But Jesus says this in Matthew 5. If your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off and throw it from you. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now Jesus isn't saying tear your eye out or chop your hand off. Because his audience knew that sins come from within, from our own heart. Our desires that well up within us. And that's not something you can cut off. But Jesus is saying, if you could cut your eye out or chop your hand off and avoid hell, it would be worth it. It would be worth it. So the global flood of Noah is a historic foreshadowing of the final judgment God is going to bring on all sin. And when Jesus walked among us, he gave out this warning about sin. And a lot of people didn't listen. And a lot of people aren't listening today. But friends, run from sin. Flee from sin. One of God's strongest warnings. Because if we're not forgiven of our sins, if we haven't trusted in Jesus, hell will be our eternal destination. Hell's a real location. It lasts forever. And it lacks all love, all hope, all grace, all mercy. And if you think uh, demons with pitchforks and lots of fire is what hell is like, that's the Hollywood version of it. It is a lot worse than that. And it lasts forever. Eternal separation from your creator. The warning of Noah's day was that God is going to judge all the sin in the world, but he spared Noah, the warning from Jesus is on the last day, every sin will be paid for. And either you'll pay for it, and you'll be separated from God forever in hell, or you'll have trusted in Jesus Christ, and he will have paid it all. That's good news, but there's a warning there. So for you, if you've never repented of your sins, and you're hearing the story of Noah and this global flood, it points to the greater final judgment on all sin. And isn't it really good news that Jesus came to die in your place and everyone who calls on his name will be saved? It's good news. Today could be the day of your salvation. But now for those of you who are in Christ Jesus and you've been walking with him, the warning for you is flee from sin. Let me give some examples. If you have an app on your phone and every single time you use it, you are depressed afterwards. Delete the app. If you have an app that you use or a website you go to, and every time you go to that app or website, you well up with envy. What do they have? What's their life like? Who are they dating? How's it going for them? What kind of grades do they get? Every single time you use it, you envy. Run and delete that app. Close that browser. 
Some of you read the news. And if every time you read the news, you are angry to the point of sin, stop reading the news. It is not worth what that is doing to your soul. Run from sin. One more. If every time you watch your TV after 10 p.m. or go on the internet after 10 p.m., Let's think of that TV. If every time you watch it after 10 p.m., you're tempted greatly to sin, one of two things is going to be destroyed. Your TV or your soul. I'd rather see your TVs in the trash than your souls in the trash. God's warning to Noah was sin has made the world only evil all the time. And look at the destruction. Look at the ruin. Look at the pain. Look at the suffering. Warning, warning, warning. I'm going to send a global flood to wake everyone up so that they can see what sin does. And Jesus says, the final judgment is coming on all sin. Sins that destroy, that are ruining your heart and your marriage and your home and your relationship with your children and your relationship at work. Flee from sin and be set free. Warning. When God speaks, it happens. We have warnings for the good of our souls. And inspired by Noah's faith, faith, point one, listens to warnings. But faith also does our second point. Faith builds on promises. What did Noah do? He listened to God's warning, point one, and then he built on God's promises, point two. Look back at verse seven now in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Faith builds on promises. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. So Noah listened to God's warning, and he acted in faith according to God's promise. God said, the flood's coming. He spoke, and it happened. God said, build an ark. I will bring the animals to you. God spoke, and it happened. And so it's the same process that we use for listening to God's warnings. We trust his word. Well, that's also why we build on God's promises. We build by faith. God's warning to Noah. A flood is coming. Build a boat. And he did. Like the song. So let's talk about this boat. If you don't know the story of Noah's Ark, it's one of the most famous ones. If you get your theology from children's books, uh, you see a picture sometimes of Noah's Ark with like eight animals in it, especially the giraffes with their heads sticking out. It was a little bit bigger than that. Uh, Noah was called to gather all the animals in the world and put them on the boat of the ark before their saving. And so uh, first, God says to Noah, it's going to rain. Build a boat, put the animals on it, and bring your wife and family. If you want to read the story later, it's Genesis 6 through 9. And here's what is so amazing and so inspiring to us as we try and live out our faith this week. When Noah set out to build the ark, there was no evidence that it was going to rain. When Noah built his future on God's promises, there was no evidence that the rain was coming. The only proof he had was God's word to him. And he built his life on that and not what his eyes could see. Verse 7 again. By faith Noah, being warned by God, here's the line, concerning events as yet unseen. And this is what faith does. We build on God's promises. He says, do it this way, and we do it. If our heart tells us otherwise, our mind tells us otherwise, our neighbors tell us otherwise, we ignore that. We trust God's word, and we build our life on God's promises. That's what Noah did. 
So, if you don't know the story, that's the story. Second thought on this ark is that Noah's neighbors would have thought he was out of his mind. Some of his neighbors would have thought he was out of his mind. Why are you building a boat that size? Well, it's going to rain. A boat that size because it's going to rain? I mean, they would have thought he was out of his mind. But faith builds even when there's no evidence other than God's promises. But here's the truth. And how many of you have experienced this? Be honest. You don't have to raise your hand. You've been trying to live your life according to God's word at school, in your neighborhood, at work. And the people around you think you're out of your mind. You're backwards. You're upside down. You're believing in fairy tales. So Noah's neighbors might have thought that, but some of your neighbors do think you're out of your mind. Because we trust a risen Savior and God's design for man. And it's okay if some people think we're out of our mind. Especially when we give everything for God. My third thought on the ark is this. Noah, build an ark. Okay. That ark took all of Noah's resources and all of his time. It took all of his future, all of Noah's resources and all of his time. This was not a Lego set, Lego Noah's ark. The ark replica, an ark replica has been built in Kentucky. Have any of you been to the ark encounter? Okay, some of you have been there out in Kentucky. I was uh, at the Creation Museum as they were finishing building it uh, nearby, and so I didn't get to see it yet, but I've seen the pictures of it. It's a pretty accurate replication of what Noah's Ark would have looked like. It's 510 feet long, and it used 3.1 million board feet of lumber or timber. So Noah had to give everything, his future, his money, his time, back-breaking labor at an old age and the potential mockery of neighbors. But that's what faith does. Faith builds on God's promises no matter what it costs, no matter what anyone else thinks. And so inspired by Noah's faith, we build on promises of God. And God has called all of us to build on his promises in different circumstances based on the life that you're living right now, the situation that you are in. Uh, Some of you are praying for a loved one's salvation, and you've been praying for weeks or months or years or decades. I know some of you have been praying for decades. And as of today, you have no evidence. Like Noah had no evidence it was going to rain. He was building an ark. And you have no evidence that the Lord is working in your loved one's life. And yet today you're going to pray for their salvation again. You are building your life on God's promises that he hears prayers and he will work. Instead of building on the evidence you see, that's what faith does. Faith builds on promises. Some of you are building families, raising children in a scary world, training them up in the way they should go. If that's you, check out the parenting resource table over there, all those resources for parents. And you're trusting God's promise that he honors faithful parenting, even though you're sinners, parents, faithful parenting, pointing your children to Jesus, loving them in Jesus' name, modeling forgiveness in your home. You're doing that not because of the evidence, but because of God's promises. Some of you are starting Christian groups in public spaces, at work or at school, like Young Life. Some of you are connected to Young Life, and you're going into non-Christian spaces, public spaces, and you're saying, I am going to be here to encourage the other Christians and to reach non-Christians in Jesus' name. There's not a lot of evidence that that's a great strategy, but you're doing that, building on God's promises, 
In public schools, hostile some of them to faith. You're starting Bible studies, Christian clubs. You're building on God's promises. That's what faith does. Some of you are opening your homes to neighbors, showing hospitality, bringing meals, sending cards, starting conversations, sitting in your front yard so you can actually see your neighbors instead of always being on the back porch where you'll never see your neighbors. Some of you are doing that and you're building on God's promise to love your neighbor as yourself and asking God, let me love my neighbor. Some of you are helping us make children's ministry disciples back there, teaching the gospel, loving on children, building on God's promises. Maybe some of you will start a Bible study at your workplace or in your neighborhood. And at first you'll encourage a few Christians, but then one or two non-Christians will say, Why aren't you as scared as the rest of us in a world like this? Because out there, it's Christ or chaos. And if you have Christ, the world will be curious. We're building something based on God's promises, not the evidence our eyes can see. And that's what faith does. Noah built an ark on God's promise. And that's what faith does. Noah also built that ark fearfully. Look at the middle of verse 7. In reverent fear constructed an ark. What did Noah do? When he went to build an ark, build a boat, he respected God, he worshiped God, he honored God with his life. And here's the big thing with that line. In reverent fear constructed an ark, Noah feared God more than man. Noah feared God more than what everyone else was going to think. And he's famous now because he trusted God and cared more about what God thought. In reverent fear, he constructed an ark. In reverent fear, you this week are going to build on God's promises. Faith listens to warnings and builds on promises. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, what has God given you to build on his promises? This week, receive it as a gift from God and keep building. People will notice it's Christ or chaos, and where Christ is worshipped, in a heart of faith, in a home of faith, the world cannot compete with that. Faith listens to warnings and builds on promises. Which brings us to our third and final point, faith saves. Faith saves. Hebrews eleven seven one final time, and we'll be focusing on the last three phrases. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, In reverent fear constructed an ark, and here's the three lines now. First, for the saving of his household, by this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So three quick lines there. For the saving of his household, Noah literally saved his household from death by flood by his act of faith of building an ark. He literally saved his household. That's a literal explanation. The saving of his household. Not only that, because Noah and his family were the only humans who survived the global flood, we now all can trace our ancestry back to Noah. We're either from Shem or Ham or Japheth. Yes, we all go back to Adam and Eve, our first parents, but we also now go back to Noah because in his act of faith, he literally saved his family's lives for the saving of his household. Second phrase, by this he condemned the world. I've said this already, but what did Noah do? He chose God instead of the world. He believed God and trusted God instead of the world. Noah stood out in his day in opposition to the evil around him. 
Noah would have been known as the guy who wasn't like everyone else. Why aren't you living like everyone else? Maybe he took a lot of heat for it. Maybe he was persecuted for it. Maybe he was mocked for it. And you know this, when someone's the only one doing the right thing, everyone else gets angry. Right? When we're lazy, the people who are working hard are really annoying, aren't they? Or when you show up late, it's easy to judge the people who are always early. Oh, they're always early. When someone stands out, everyone else is quick to judge. And Noah would have been like that. And maybe for you, on the bus, in school, at work, in business meetings, at family get-togethers, you're the only one who doesn't fill in the blank and everyone looks at you cross-eyed. What is wrong with you? Or do you think you're better than everyone else? Just remember, the only person you need to please is your Heavenly Father. You live for Him and you love your family and friends and neighbors and coworkers and students in your class in the name of Jesus as best you can, even if they treat you that way. But Christians are going to stand out more and more in a country like ours in the decade to come. And people might not like us at all because we trust God's word more than the praise of the world. We love God's word more than the praise of the world. Third and final line of verse 7, the last line of verse 7. And became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. If we remember the saints in Hebrews 11, the author reminds us every single time that it was not what they did that saved them. It was their faith. Faith is what saved Noah from his sins. We are made righteous before God by faith. Not what we do, not what we build, not how much we give, not how hard we try. We are made right with God. And we become an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith, by faith alone through grace alone. The ark saved Noah from the flood, but his faith saved Noah from his sins. And the ark is really a picture of the church. It's not an exact allegory, but who is the church today? We have been given faith by God. We worship God. We sing the songs of faith. We trust God's word. We've listened to God's warnings in our lives and we build on God's promises. Well, God promises to continue to build his kingdom here. And as we sang, he's famous for it. And as we sang, we lean on his arms. And as we sang, we stand on the promises of God. So Noah trusted that God was going to judge sin by way of a flood. So by faith, he built a boat. But the author of Hebrews tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus because a judgment worse than a global flood is going to come one day on all sin and you can't get on a wooden boat to be spared from that. Rather, Jesus Christ got on a wooden cross to spare you from that. By faith in Jesus Christ, we are saved. Jesus died to defeat sin. He was raised to new life so that you this week could have victory over sin, Satan, and death. You could be spared from something more dangerous than a global flood, and everyone who calls on his name is given eternal life. And in that age to come, maybe you'll go to Noah third. Jesus first. Everyone's going to go to Jesus first, right? And then R.C. Sproul famously said, the second person he wants to go to is whoever wrote Hebrews because we just don't know. But after that, maybe he'll go and maybe I'll go and say, Noah, tell us about building an ark when it wasn't even raining. And he'll tell us his story of what he did by faith. And then Noah's going to say, maybe, friend, what did you do by faith? 
What is you build on God's promises by faith? And by the power of Jesus Christ in our lives, the Lord will have a really good answer for us to give Noah. Because that's what faith does. Faith listens to warnings. Faith builds on God's promises. And faith is what saves. May God give us a great story one day to tell Noah, who by faith built an ark. Let's pray. Lord, this is amazing. Noah built an ark. You justly poured out your wrath on the sins of the world at that time. And yet you spared Noah on his ark and his family. And we're grateful for your graciousness and your patience with mankind, as sinful as we have gotten. Thank you for promising by way of a rainbow in the sky that you will never again judge the world with a flood. But we know that final judgment is coming. And we're so grateful that we don't have to earn salvation by being perfect, but just by placing our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Help us live lives of faith. Lord, some of us this morning simply by faith need to listen better to your warnings and run from sin. Help our brothers and sisters in the family of Christ do that today. Help them run and flee from sin for the good of their souls. And Lord, some of us need to get on to the building task that you've given us to build on your promises. Remind us and refresh us with your promises today and encourage us, despite the evidence around us, to keep building our lives on your promises. Thank you that you keep every one of your promises and you even promised this week to do for us what we can't even do for ourselves. So help us go into this week with great courage and joy knowing that you'll build your kingdom in our lives on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for what you're going to build in our lives this week. Help us, by faith, follow you. In Christ's name we pray.